5 degrees Celsius, relative humidity at 88%. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top story is the Vice Premier seeks to ease Hong Kong fears about Beijing's plan to pass national security laws for the SAR. The Education Secretary says the Education Bureau will have a role to play when the new laws take effect, and the Labour Secretary warns that the SAR faces further job losses because of the pandemic. The Vice Premier, Han Zheng, has reportedly moved to allay Hong Kong fears about Beijing's plan to pass national security laws for the SAR. The state leader in charge of Hong Kong affairs met with about 100 local deputies to Beijing's top advisory body at the capital this morning. One of them, Thomas So, said the state leader didn't give details about a proposal to allow national security agents to operate in Hong Kong, but emphasised that the central government hopes to ensure that the rights and freedoms of Hong Kong people are protected. Uh, generally, he mentioned that it is important to ensure that Hong Kong people's uh, existing rights and freedoms protected under our law will be respected and will be maintained. And uh, it is uh, believed, I generally believe, and I think that uh, the uh, standing committee in the process of uh, making the uh, legislation in place uh, will consult uh, widely uh, Hong Kong people and to ensure, uh, as uh, the paper said, that the Hong Kong people's uh, rights and freedoms will not be affected. The head of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, Xia Baolong, and the director of central government's liaison office in Hong Kong, Luo Huining, were also at the meeting, which lasted about two hours. Separately, the Education Secretary, Kevin Young, says the Bureau will also have a role to play when the national security law is enacted. I think this is more than just the school education. It's also about the uh, education in the whole community. Because I believe every citizen also have a responsibility to make sure, to ensure the national security. In schools, of course, well, when the law is enacted and implemented, uh, we will see how to explain to our students the essence of the law and also the underlying principles to them in our curriculum. Mr Young also defended the decision to pull a controversial question from the Diploma of Secondary Education History exam. He told an RTHK programme that it wouldn't be fair to grade the question, which asked if Japan did more good than harm to China between 1900 and 1945. Mrs Hong Chan Choi-wa, the Deputy Secretary for Education, also criticised the question. She compared it to asking if taking drugs brings more benefits than problems. Very rare case would school teachers touch upon the uh, economic invasion, literally speaking. But the information provided in the questions seem to lead students to believe that there are merits or goods done by the Japanese. So that's by itself misleading. But because students have not learned these within the curriculum and in the classroom, it's very difficult for them to judge the intricacy of the information provided to arrive at a reliable judgment. The Labour chief, Lo Chi Kuang, has warned that the jobless rate will almost certainly continue to rise because of the pandemic. The unemployment rate now stands at a 10-year high of 5.2%, although Mr Law told a radio programme that he hopes the government's wage subsidy scheme will help to save jobs. He sidestepped a question on the wisdom of enacting a national security law during an economic downturn. Here's Mr Law. The possible implication of the central government decision, it is too early to say anything. Uh, we have to wait to see 
what are the details of the uh, provisions and the process and the concerns of the people of Hong Kong and how they are addressed. Uh, at this point of time, is to, uh, to comment the impact on the economy. For the first time since Beijing started releasing coronavirus data in January, it's reported no new infections. The milestone comes a day after the opening of the National People's Congress, in which Premier Li Keqiang said the country had made major strategic achievements in its response to COVID-19, but warned that the country still faced immense challenges. The mainland's official death toll from COVID-19 stands at 4,634. A new study suggests that the anti-malarial drug promoted by Donald Trump to treat COVID-19 may increase the risk of death among infected patients. The paper, published by the medical journal The Lancet, reviews the use of hydroxychloroquine. It assessed nearly 70,000 patients in hospitals around the world. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Joe Biden, who is expected to be the Democrat candidate in this year's U.S. presidential election, has sparked controversy by suggesting that African-Americans who support Donald Trump instead of him aren't black. The BBC's David Willis has this report. Joe Biden has received enduring support from African-Americans throughout his political career, fortified by the eight years he spent serving alongside America's first black president, Barack Obama. But his comment towards the end of a nationally syndicated interview with a black radio host was interpreted by some as a presumption that African-Americans would automatically vote for him. Later, in a call to black business leaders, Mr. Biden said he had never taken the African-American community for granted. But by then, the Trump campaign had seized on the remarks, calling them racist and dehumanizing. President Trump has said he wants U.S. state governors to reopen places of worship this weekend, saying he was designating them essential services. Churches, mosques and temples have been closed because of the coronavirus. Mr. Trump told reporters that he would override state governors if they didn't allow them to reopen. I call upon governors to allow our churches and places of worship to open right now. Many millions of Americans embrace worship as an essential part of life. The ministers, pastors, rabbis, imams, and other faith leaders will make sure that their congregations are safe as they gather and pray. The British Home Secretary, Priti Patel, has confirmed that from June the 8th, people arriving in Britain will have to self-isolate for 14 days. She said officials would conduct random checks to ensure compliance. Anyone breaching quarantine would face an on-the-spot fine of £1,000. Ms Patel said that the aim was to avoid travellers causing a second spike. Passenger arrivals have been down by 99% compared to the previous year. Now we are past the peak of this virus. We must take steps to guard against imported cases, triggering a resurgence of this deadly disease. And as the transmission rate across the United Kingdom falls and the number of travellers arriving in the UK begins to increase, imported cases could begin to pose a larger and increased threat. The airline association, Airlines UK, said the measure would in effect kill air travel. Health officials in Pakistan say at least 80 people are now confirmed to have died when a passenger plane crashed into a residential area in the city of Karachi. It's not clear whether the figure includes casualties on the ground. 99 passengers and crew were on board the Pakistan International Airlines flight. 
Brazil's Supreme Court has ordered the release of an expletive-ridden video in which President Jair Bolsonaro shouts that he'd replace law enforcement officials for messing with his family. The publication of the footage from a cabinet meeting last month is another blow to Mr Bolsonaro, who's being investigated for allegedly interfering in police probes. I've tried to change our security people in Rio de Janeiro officially, and I wasn't able to. That's over. I won't wait for my family or my friends to get screwed, and because I can't change someone from security who's part of the team structure. If I can't change them, then I will change their boss. If I can't change their boss, then I'm going to change the minister. His Justice Minister Sergio Moro resigned shortly after the meeting in April, accusing the President of trying to replace the police chief with a family friend. Argentina has technically defaulted on its debts to foreign creditors for the ninth time in its history. By the close of business on Friday, it had not paid half a billion US dollars in interest on bonds. The BBC's Andrew Walker reports. The government of President Alberto Fernandez has been trying to renegotiate payment terms with international creditors. So far there's been no agreement and Argentina has extended its deadline for a deal until early June. The economy was weak even before the pandemic. Economic activity declined in three of the last four years. But the health crisis has severely aggravated those underlying problems and made it even harder for Argentina to pay its debts. Earlier this year, an assessment by the International Monetary Fund concluded that the country's debt situation was unsustainable. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The Vice Premier seeks to ease Hong Kong fears about Beijing's plan to pass national security laws for the SAR. The Education Secretary says the Education Bureau will have a role to play when the new laws take effect. And the Labour Secretary warns that the SAR faces further job losses because of the pandemic. That's the news from RTHK. Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes on offer. First, our featured new reggae album from Franco Algerian Brahim, and hot new hits from a lot of other places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. He is from Rome. We're still the belly button of the world. And before we start off with our featured album, we go to hot new hits from other places on the planets. And we start off with uh, this Kenya band from Nairobi, who started off as a a cappella vocalist trio before getting their guitarist and uh, started recording in 2008. They've got five studio albums under their belt at the moment, of which this track on the charts from their new album, simply called Susanna. Apparently, they recorded five different versions of the track before they settled on the one that they released. Here are Salty Sol from Kenya. <laughs> Oh, Susanna, 
Keep it. 